Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. This is one of our Kentucky Downs shows brought to you by Kentucky Downs, of course. PTF here with you still west of West Nashville after a successful opening day down here in this part of the country. Boy, was the plant Kentucky Downs showing itself well on that sun-drenched Thursday. Had a great time up there, not the least because in our Players' Diary for Kentucky Downs, in the, the notebook, as it were, for Kentucky Downs, available to In The Money Plus subscribers. Our author, who's about to join us, had a 15-1 to 1 best bet of the day that came in. That's the kind of thing that makes me feel good. Erna was the name of the horse, and the name of the man is Eric DeCoster. Eric, how are things? Things are good, uh, especially after yesterday's successes. Uh, I can't can't say I've given out too many fifteen to one best bet winners. Uh, so, <laughs> at a place like Kentucky Downs, that's uh, that's kind of the dream, isn't it? And I love the way you wrote it up. You were like, "Yeah, fifteen to one. Why not? It's Kentucky Downs, and it's it's a funny place. I mean, we certainly did see lumped on favorites do well, but I mean, I think more than most tracks, it truly is a place where it only takes one. I mean, you can really, and there's different approaches to, for, for different people, but I think value hunting, I mean, you gave that, and not to steal your thunder at all, but minutes later, Sean Borman sent me a text about how much he loved the, the horse in the next race that paid 37 to 1. I mean, where do you see places where you can love, yes, at the Breeders' Cup, you see 15 to 1 shots that you love. But you don't, you know, you don't get that much in your in your day to day racing. You do get it at Kentucky Downs. One of the things that makes the place special. Not just that. I mean, yes, win, giving out winners is great. But even more than that, I'd already sent you. Uh, at least I meant to already sent you a compliment on on the notebook for plus, just based on the strength of the information and the level of research you did. It, it's it it really I think is the kind of thing that sets players up for success. I encourage folks to uh, to check that out. But of course. We also have lots of free coverage for Kentucky Downs, including uh, this the second of these seven podcasts that we're going to be doing, and that's what we're doing today. You know, I want people to understand with our plus service, it's not it's not meant to be a tout service. It's meant to just be extra great content. And when you subscribe, it enables us to uh, pay the writers and you know d- distribute some of the, the the love and money around. Great way to great way to support us, and we appreciate all of you out there for doing it. Um, what do you think of this card generally? Heading into this Saturday, it did seem like we had a track profile. It did seem like things were a little bit kind to speed yesterday. Eric, do you agree with that? And do you expect we'll see that continue? Yeah, you know, I I think Kentucky Downs is an interesting one. Part of the one thing I didn't include in in the notebook on Thursday that I might go back and, and put in for the next one or maybe for Sunday as well is I looked at how horses that hit the board uh, where they were at the first call. And I did notice a trend of just in general, like Kentucky Downs horses that play more forward, but I don't, I don't necessarily ever think there's a, a speed bias. I just think that with how the track's configured uh, it, if you're alone and, and no one's in front of you, it's a little easier to manage um, than yes. trying to navigate the weird configuration, the big hook, the false stretch um, and, uh, and go from there. So I, w- I wonder if that plays a part in it. Um, because you also see a lot of horses coming over the top when they're out in the clear, making big sweeping yeah. runs down the center of the track. So I wouldn't, I, 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 I'm always very uh, pessimistic when it comes to track biases of any kind, unless, you know, it's like Saratoga the other day where, yeah, I mean, speed was not backing up in the slides, but point being, um, yeah, I do think in general, 
it, it's it's okay. But as long as you have a clean face, if, if there's someone in front of you, um, it puts your horse at a disadvantage if they haven't been there before. And it can change, you know, a lot based on weather, etc. But I, I'm mm-hmm. my thoughts that we're going to talk about today are based on the idea. I don't think I'm. I, I'm not going to say my handicapping is a no closer zone, but it's it's definitely looking for horses that I believe can get that kind of clean trip exactly as you were describing. On this show, we're going to take a look at the late pick five. That's races seven through eleven, and the first one is a maiden special weight worth 150,000. We're going six and a half on the turf. We've got an oversubscribed field. Who are you the most interested in here? I actually really like the four elegant trip in here. And I know the, the morning line does two. He's seven to two. Um, I just am really excited to see this horse get on the grass. He's by tourist. Dam side has some, some turf qualities to it as well. But I really, I mean, if I see a name like tourist on the top side, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much set on, on what surface he'll like. And he ran at such a nice race on debut, showed speed, caught tired late. But this is the Rusty Arnold barn. And for every Rusty, yeah. Ar- Rusty Arnold horse you're not going to like first out, you're going to love him second out. I mean, it was an angle I went to a lot at Keeneland for the journal. And uh, it paid paid dividends. And I made sure to push those out to our subscribers every time I saw one that looked good with the form. I mean, he just checks all the boxes. And, I, and that's the biggest thing, I think, is the speed and fade on debut. Because you know he's interested in racing. I like that point. That was one of the two I had in the mix. Similar case that I'll make on number 12, straight and level here. Horse that ran very well, showed interest, a little bit of tactical speed on debut. And you take a look and 21 to 1 on debut, probably not much expected. I think we can think this uh, Neil Pesson runner could move up. And I mean, this is turf sprint breeding both sides, Cantheros and a city zip Damn, I might just try to play the four and twelve and 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 be done with it here as we open the pick five. Were there any other numbers you wanted to name check? Yeah, I, I, I am okay if I if things turn out and I I'm wanting to play a smaller ticket and I need to single the four, which feels crazy in a maiden race, but it's something I'm doing. But that being said, I did like the twelve more as a B type, and I also liked the nine Spanish doubloon. And if he's going to be a price, he's a horse I'm going to look to maybe just um, work his way in in this race alone. Uh, He's, he was second beaten only a nose over this course last year, and he showed a lot of good speed that day. He's shown speed in general, missed a lot of time, came back at the spa, just didn't have a rough, you know, a good go of it. And, you know, you add in the fact he was coming off the bench. So I think second out, getting a little bit more ground into him. He's somewhat competitive on figures as a juvenile. And then, you you know, as a three-year-old, you'd naturally expect him to take the step forward. So I know the race at Saratoga wasn't great, but I just feel getting back to a track, we know that he likes having done so well here first time over it. Uh, I think there's a good chance he improves just when you throw in all the factors. So he's a horse um, I'll, I'll look to if the price is right come game time. I like that idea a lot. I'm going to, I'll nick that one uh, as another one to use. And second start is a gelding as well. Another thing to to point out, you always, or at least, you know, I think both of us always like to keep a key angle, more, more primacy than usual. The horse for course angle, having a good run around here uh, is a beautiful thing when it comes to trying to find winners at Kentucky down. So yeah, those are the three I'm going to focus on there. Let's move to race number eight. We've got, Stakes action in the form of the gun runner. We're going a mile, just the million dollars on offer here. Field of 10 going postward with some familiar names. I think this is a case to me where the, the logical figure and form horse 
projects to get the right kind of trip. I'm not going to win any prizes for creativity, suggesting the talk of the nation is the one here. But I really do like his chances in this spot. I like McGahee runners generally around Kentucky Downs. And this horse has just a, the right kind of blend of speed and stamina, I think, to succeed in this spot. You have anything more creative for us in the gun runner? I'm just going with talk of the nation. Yeah, and I think that's an, an excellent uh, you know, call. I think he's really the only true miler in the field. You look around, most of these horses have done their better work going a little longer and seeming like they may need even more. Um, so he's he's going to be on the top line for me. But my top choice is actually going to be the three gaslight dancer because I'm excited to see him get back out to the mile for the first time as a three-year-old. He was such a good juvenile. He broke his maiden at Kentucky Downs, another one of those horse-for-course things. I, I mean, it, it, you'll, you'll pick up a theme. I really like horses that have experience here. It just clearly gives them uh, a big edge. But one thing about Gaslight Dancers, he was a good two-year-old, ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And, you know, at first I didn't notice it, but when I watched the race back for other horses, I realized this horse had a torrid trip. He was hung out from the 14 draw because I believe – He's either an also eligible or he was the 14. Regardless, uh, he, he was not able to get good early position, widest on most turns, and yet he still was only beaten three and three-quarter lengths. Of course, behind you know a, a race that's been pretty productive, stakes winners from this country, good overseas horses. So clearly he was fine going a mile, losing all that ground and still sticking around. He's had a up-and-down year, right? But I think second off of a small break, he didn't really run bad in the Mahoney either, wasn't beaten too far, did get a little tired, but... You know, this is a Saratoga turf course has been so difficult to read this year. So I'm just really intrigued by him getting that extra ground over a track he likes. So um, I'm, I'm hoping to include him. And if, if Talk of the Nation has something, you know, not go his way on, on Saturday, then Gaslight Dancer could be the one to pick up the pieces at a price. I like that idea, too. I mean, good pedigree for the mile. As you say, the mile form is kind of there, just being beaten four from that post in a race like the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. And I would say in the Mahoney, that looked like very much of just maybe a premature move also, moving into the fast pace and just getting tired late. And also sort of a second off the layoff on the stretch out from a barn that – you know, I, I don't think does great here necessarily in ROI terms, but I mean, that's out the window when you're talking about a horse that's going to be a big price and maker doesn't matter which course he's at when he's, when he's changing things up, I'm paying attention and the, the sprint to route for, for him here. Yeah. That, that, that's an excellent one to include. And gosh, maybe we could get that exact in here too. Six, three, three, six, something along those lines. Let's talk about race number nine, more stakes action for the three-year-old Phillies. The grade three big-ass fans, Music City Stakes, it's just fun to say. <laughs> Once again, oversubscribed field. Once again, we'll keep it with you. Yeah, uh, d d talk about impossible. I mean, this this race, um, it's, a, it's a pain in my ass, to be quite honest, so it's kind of well-named <laughs> in that sense. Uh, no, I mean, I, I could make a case for every single horse in the race. Um, I'm just going to give you my top four numbers, and then you can assume I'm, I'm going with everyone else as a B and a C type. Um, but those numbers are 1, 5, 8, 10 with the 10 LJ's Emma, who I believe is the morning line choice as my top choice. I love this filly going into the Galway. I was very surprised at her price and it, it did pay dividends, but she's just clearly proven, okay, this is what I like to do. Going short on the grass, I'll find a way. Um, helps that she's been given good rides at times by Louis Size, but Corey Lannery's a winner on this filly as well. And she just she just keeps improving. And, you know, you're like, okay, this is the day that she, she reaches the peak and, and next time out. She'll falter, but I just don't think that, you know, with, with how she improved from start to start, even jumping from an 81 buyer to a 92 in the Galway, um, that 
that she can regress. And even if she runs a 92 in here, well, that, that's that's good enough to beat these Phillies um, who are all talented, sure, but it's, it's not like anyone stands out above that. So she's my top choice, but it's far from confident. Like I said, I like Dance Macabre. She's consistent. Um, I think that Mama's Girl coming over from Europe, you know, the form's not there, but she she has shown talent at times. I loved her w- winning the Nell Gwynn so much, so I had her in the 1,000 guineas, and that didn't go well, of course, but I think the talent's there. And then I also threw an American Apple because she's a winner over the course. So that's my top four, but like I said, I, I, I got to find a way to mix in most of the horses in here. This is so funny because we agree it's wide open. Believe it or not, I wrote down the same four numbers. No but way. Just in a different, <laughs> yep, in a different order. American Apple, I also, you know, the, the core success and the fact that I think this is this is could be the one that really trips out in this spot. I, I think American Apple makes a ton of sense at a, at a big price, lower profile connections. You're going to probably get every bit of that 12 to 1. Dance Macabre makes all the sense in the world to me as well. I think this horse could also get an excellent trip from down on the inside figures in form, a winning kind, just very, nothing too clever there, but one I would definitely want mama's girl, very much of an unknown quantity in this spot. But I do think, you know, just based on doing well over those more galloping turf sprint configurations makes sense. And on, on the best form, I mean, just the ability to compete in those group ones. I mean, compete is maybe giving giving her too much credit given how poorly it, it turned out. But the just the fact that one has the form even that she has, uh, you know, being close at uh, at the at the grade th- or winning the great group three level, that's enough to potentially be in the mix here. And just the unusual nature of you know you don't see many Richard Hannon runners in the U.S. I think the price could be similar to that to that morning line, and and you made a very compelling case for the ten. I mean, I wish in a race that was so spready, I didn't. I wish I could take a stand against the one in the ten in some ways, just because I feel like anything could happen. It's a, this race presents some some bet structure problems, but I'm going to try to see if I can get out with those four numbers. Um, probably run things in extra time with Dance Macabre and, and LJ Zema and just and hope for the best in, in what is best described as a bit of a head scratcher. Let's move on to race number 10, the Mint Million Grade 3 action. We're going a mile on the turf. We're running for a whole lot of money in this spot. Two million for the, uh, for the Kentucky Breds. And we've got this field of 12. I had uh, two runners I wanted to put um forward uh, not a lot of creativity for me but i did think we could maybe take on annapolis a little bit with churchtown i felt like this horse has shown that ability to uh to 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 finish races in a way that i think this mile could suit time for pace projector actually has churchtown clear i'm not sure if that's how it's going to play out but i do think we'll get a good forward trip and just figures and form wise not that far behind annapolis annapolis just very, very obvious. It's just, it's tricky because it's back in 21 days. That's not exactly Pletcher stuff. And it's coming on a course that, you know, we just don't know how he's going to handle. So he'll be in there in the picks for me, but it's not like he has to win at a short number. I'd love to hear if you have any creative long shots to put in the mix. I just wrote down the eight and the 10 to to talk about here. Oh, I'll throw in one more. Just the other, the, the, the shipper here from Charlie Hills and, uh, and, and Ms. Hay or Mrs. Hay, I guess she goes by uh, pet, beautiful, beautiful pedigree might be the wrong running style. Uh, Spencer 
really known as a hold-up rider. I'm not sure how that's going to play, but you did mention sometimes if the pace heats up, they can just come running down the center, and Spencer, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one produced late at a price based on the blood, based a little bit on the form. I wouldn't hate having some sixes in there as well, but I have a feeling you might have something more creative than my 8-10-6. Yeah, so I'm 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 going to go pretty deep in this race with the hope, you know, using Annapolis, but also knowing it's Kentucky Downs, and we saw what happened yesterday, right? In in the stakes, anything can happen. So yeah, I do have Annapolis. I do have Churchtown because he's been in ultra good form and had such a bad trip last time out. You know, if he just could could have punched through at one point, he, he's probably a a winner when it's all said and done. I did like Ancient Rome a little, and really, it's I'm I'm just calling back to his two year old form. He was at one point the best or considered the best two year old. Uh, in in France, and he was owned by Michael Tabor and trained by Andre Fob, and he was just he was a good horse. I mean, he's a, he's a head away from being a, a Group One winner, and all of a sudden he's not even here, right? He's probably off at stud. Um, but I, I like that Charlie Hills has gotten him back in the form, so he'll be on my. But here's two others: uh, Smoking T, the five. I I feel like he's a horse that I've under you know I haven't given enough respect to because he really has been the model of consistency. He hasn't missed the board this year. He's been running against good horse after good horse. Wolfie's Dinah goes. You know, he came back and, and won at Kentucky Downs yesterday, uh, up to the mark. One of the best turf horses in the country, if not the best turf horse in the country. Uh, Big Everest, who's, you know, always been a hard-knocking stakes type. And then you have two wins around that against decent horses on both occasions. So, you know, I, I feel like he is not going to be, definitely won't be favored. He's going to be a decent price because, yeah, you do have an Annapolis at Church now. But this horse has been consistent, and his numbers aren't far off of them. And it's not like I mean, buyers are an end-all, be-all, but he is no different than Churchtown. And he's really not that far off Annapolis. Um, and as we said, Annapolis does have potential to kind of bounce out of, obviously, a, surely a loss, but it was a, a, a game race and it was very recent. So smoke and tea is one I, I have to use. And then the last one, here's a big price for you, uh, the 12 Max KO. And part of it might be Mike Maker, um, but another part of it is that he's two for two at Kentucky Downs and that when he yeah. gets to go a mile, he's five for 14. Um, I know his last two races haven't been stellar and they're definitely off the pace of his competition here but he's only beaten a length two back only three lengths uh last time out at kentucky downs i mean he was he was in contention and i just think you know this is a track that he clearly likes to improve on because when he won here last year he went from an, a fifth beaten four and a quarter lengths at colonial with an 80 buyer to a 98 and roll on a field of, of a decent allowance horses so i i think there's big improved potential i know he's going to be a price but those are the types of things i like to see because clearly this is a track he he really likes to get over it's a great, it's a great case. So you've mentioned uh, five in passing there. How would you grade them, sort of mains and backups? Yeah, I, I would say that top line would be five, eight, ten, and then backup six, twelve. Um, and I'd say that Annapolis would be my top choice. But I'm at the end of the day, I, 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 I think those those three horses on my top line are one and the same in my in my eyes right now. Gotcha. Yeah, maybe maybe a little chance to take on Annapolis, especially if they go crazy betting him like he can't lose, which if it, this was a traditional configuration with five weeks between races, I'd tell you Annapolis couldn't lose here. But, you know, those are those are big ifs. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it plays out on Saturday. We'll be watching from the box at Saratoga for sure. Going to have Kentucky Downs on all day long. Race number 11 closes this out. Phillies and Mares, another one of these $150,000 maiden races. Six and a half, big full field when it comes to this late pick five. How are we going to get paid, my friend? We're actually going to go to the angle that got us paid with Erna yesterday with okay. the seven, Calm Cool. Um, sure, sure, she's not a winner, obviously. Um, sure, she's never really been close, but 
She's shown improvement in her two starts as a three-year-old, and I think this is the same kind of logic I applied with Erna. That you know, it's it's not exactly the the, the prettiest angle, but she kind of flattens out over a mile. She was clearly moving late over five and a half. Who's to say that this six and a half furlongs doesn't hit her right between the eyes? I mean, I just love the improvement that she's showing. There's a great pedigree yeah. on her to to. I mean, she's showing that she she has an affinity for the grass and the connections. Believe that, but. You know, it just makes sense. It's, you know, perfect blend of speed from collected from the dam side with the blame. It's made sense with how she runs. I just love her going six and a half here. Um, and I know she's been pretty disrespected at the windows or two starts as a three-year-old. Wouldn't be surprised if we see something similar this time around. So uh, I like her. And then to, to finish off the top line, um, I also think the four, Riviera, just much better on the grass for George Weaver. She got taken off the turf at Saratoga and struggled. And Cowichan. I, I always get a little scared of these horses that love to finish second and third, but she's only lost to stakes mm-hmm. quality fillers. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually crazy how many stakes horses that she has caught, uh, including I might being at sandwich between secret money and LJ Zemba last time out, uh, Keenly yep. back in April, who both are running in that music city stakes. So, uh, you know, can't, can't take her off of that. Those three, hopefully, uh, we can, we can get a little nice, uh, look to finish it out though with calm cool. I like the calm, cool case. That's that's a very good one. And yeah, definitely extended turf sprint. Looking at this pedigree, feels about right. You know, collected with the, the city zip blood in there. Um, and I, I, I like that case. And we'll definitely be nicking that one. But I will mention one that you didn't mention. I'm interested in the number twelve sickle dancer in this spot. This horse, um, I just thought was very, very logical off a off a promising debut run kelsey danner doing well uh had that winner yesterday this horse i mean just looking at uh the the the, the pedigree does not suggest a two hundred thousand dollar purchase necessarily i thought that element was pretty interesting too and and uh i just thought looked like one who could improve and and based on that first race fits pretty well with these do you have anything against sickle dance or you just didn't want to go that deep yeah, I think that was the biggest thing because the stakes just are so tough. I, you know, if I if I were to throw it two two kind of Bs, it would have been her and the the eleven material witness. Um, so I I certainly gotcha. can't fault you too much there. Excellent, well, great stuff from you. Look forward to reading the notebook the rest of the way, folks who want to check that out. Go to inthemoneypodcast.com slash plus. And I just also want to shout out people don't know this, but Eric really one of the uh, the unheralded MVPs around In The Money Media, all the work he does behind the scenes, helping getting the plus notes sent out, helping with the weekly newsletter, which, you know, it, you do a great job on it. The, the numbers on that just keep growing. And people, re- people read. I mean, the click-through rates are great. The open rates are great, way above anything you'd expect from a typical um, media company's newsletter. And that one, I'll give that email as well, or give that way to sign up as well, in the moneypodcast.com slash email. Eric, thank you for all the work you do. Thank you for letting me work because it's fun. I like, you know, it's, it's fun because I get to do things like this and put out the journal and, and, you know, get to talk racing. It's the best. Well, you're very good at it. I have to say, you know, when we met for the first time a couple of years ago at the Arizona um, conference, you you seemed maybe a little more focused at the time on on the breeding end of things, which is which is great and certainly helps with the handicapping. But it feels like um, feels like you're 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 pretty much you're getting close to all in on the handicapping side of things too, which which we appreciate will certainly lead to more opportunities around here. How's the semester going? You, you, you're, are you close? You're close to the end of the program, right? Is, do you wrap up this this term? Yeah, December. So I'm 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 on my last leg here. Uh, it's, it's it's a very straightforward 
semester, thankfully, uh, at the, the symposium in December, actually, one of my classes is revolved around a presentation I get to give. So if uh, anybody's going to be out there and wants to get up at eight in the morning to listen to a college kid talk about, uh, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't spoil it, but uh, talk, uh, feel free to because that's going to be kind of my, my send off. But no, it's, it's been a great experience here and uh, excited to, to, to get it over with, too, because I'm done with school. <laughs> Well, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk, we'll have the production meeting out of the show about what comes next and how we can help. It's been an absolute pleasure and hopefully we can keep working together. And there's not many things that could get me up at 8 a.m. after a taco tour, but uh, your presentation might just do the trick. Eric DeCoster, thank you so much for, for, again, all that you do. Thanks to our friends at Kentucky Downs for sponsoring this show. The show's been a production of In the Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos.